This week's episode from View from the Lock, I have a very, very special guest, a social venture entrepreneur, a movie property master. Those movies include Marley and Me, the absolutely excellent three billboards outside Ebbing and Missouri. But more importantly, was also a caddy at Loch Lomond Golf Club. <laughs> Philip Snyder, you're very, very welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Bill. I really, really appreciate the invite. And um, just a, a quick aside, uh, IMDB is not always the most reliable source of information. I, I did, in fact, have nothing to do with those movies. Um, but I did enjoy uh, Three Billboards immensely. So whoever the property <laughs> master was on that, I enjoy. And I'm also not a property master. Um, so uh, other than that, IMDb is doing great. Yeah, yeah, I must have a word with them, Philip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, we both share the same. I agree. The Three Billboards Outside Ebbing was absolutely superb. Yeah. Uh, um, social venture entrepreneur. So we'll land on that, Philip. So what, what does that mean? Just for our listeners. Well, it's it's basically a, a highfalutin way of saying that um, when my mind turns to business matters, um, I love to incorporate some aspect of it that benefits either local or, or broad communities. Um, and that's either through a profit share program that we set up or it's it's figuring out very specific ways to grow businesses or to help uh, individuals or communities in other countries or locally. So um, I spent the last um, couple decades uh, spending a lot of time working uh, on a bunch of broad initiatives from um, building or, or fundraising for an ambulatory prosthetics unit in Laos to a children's center in, in Haiti for uh, children that were orphaned during the earthquake um, to preserving uh, land in Vietnam and um, just a whole bunch of different initiatives that that um, are, are important to me and the, the the companies that I work with. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really very laudable, Philip. You know, um, it does come through that, uh, um, and hopefully the information <laughs> is accurate, that you kind of do have a love of nature uh, um, and, you know, as well. Uh, so there's obviously, um, for you, uh, it's very important to, to be an influencer in the right way, I think. Yeah, that's, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It's, uh, it's kind of my uh, business partner and, and I, and it, business partner is Misha Collins, uh, who's, an, who's yeah. an act that I've come to be very close with. We've always said, you know, social media um, is really only effective when it's, when it's benefiting people and not, not putting people down. So we try to use that as a tool to, to really, uh, support communities and people. Yeah, well, and, and you mentioned Misha Collins. I mean, I, I guess, you know, well, well known and, um, it, you know, was was actually credited for, for you and uh, your wife, Hillary, Hillary Swank, getting together. Is that is that true, Philip? Yeah, we had a um, we had a blind date, Hillary and I. Um, and it was um, blind for her, but not for me. I had a, an idea of, of who I was uh, being introduced to. But yeah, we were over in Misha and I were over in Germany on, on a business trip and uh, uh, mutual friends set Hillary and I up and uh, uh, we had a, a nice long date and uh, during the day and it just uh, kept going and uh, we've been, been together pretty much ever, ever since. Uh, but Misha was a, a, a conspirator in that whole process. 
Yeah, I mean, blind date with Hillary Swank. I mean, come on, Philip. Yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and also, obviously, um, congratulations uh, about the, the birth of, of your twins, which is curtailing your, your golfing exploits at the moment. But uh, that must be a very exciting time for you, Philip. Oh, yeah. It's um, each day is uh, an adventure, as any parent knows. It's 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 a that's a it's a labor of of true love um uh, twins is particularly interesting um just because i i think they um i think they somehow their arts are four and a half months old right now and i think they are somehow even at that young of an age uh conspiring to to you know how the wrestlers kind of tag in and tag out um sure i, I think these uh these 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 guys have figured that out and so when one's sleeping the other's up and then they do a little tag switcheroo and then one's the other's sleeping and the other one's up so um they're having fun with us they're really uh trying to see uh, how far they can push us with our endurance um, but we're <laughs> lo loving every minute of it and so grateful that they're here with us and uh, yeah we're uh, we're over the moon yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a boy and a girl as well, and, and digressing slightly, but one of my best friends uh, was also a twin to a girl, uh, and, uh, you know, that was that was a, a quite an interesting dynamic. I sort of kind of grew up uh, with them to a degree, and uh, I remember the, the sort of discussions and, um, well, I suppose debates, arguments or whatever between the pair where, where it was definitely a different dynamic, that's for sure. Uh, but it was uh, very exhilarating, I have to say. So you've definitely got that to look forward to once they start talking back to you, Philip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking, looking forward to those debates. And and uh, they're they're already starting. They have their own language and they, they speak to each other and speak to us. They seem to understand each other. We have no idea what they're saying, but um, everybody, everybody seems to get along, get along happily over here with our pack. We also have five dogs and a bird. Um, so we are, we are, we have a full house here of, of a lot of furry animals and babies cooing. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really fun three ring circus over here. Wow, five dogs, my goodness. What, 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 uh, what, what make of dogs do you have, Philip? We have everything from, um, well, my, my wife is a huge uh, rescue uh, dog proponent. Right. Supported a bunch of organizations and founded her own nonprofit that supports uh, rescue dogs and, and uh, kids in the foster program and connecting the two of them to help each other. But um, so they're all rescue dogs, so they're mixes, but we have everything from a Great okay. Pyrenees to a mm. little. Uh, a cattle dog a cattle sheep dog that's um somehow taken it of her mind that she's going to protect the children the babies so uh yeah. if you're walking around our house you have to be careful that your heels aren't nipped at if you get too close to the babies and then the big um the big pyrenees uh protects the whole pack so he's out doing his rounds in the yard making sure there's no uh you know big frightening squirrels that are getting too close to the house um <laughs> So we have, a, yeah, and then it's, we have a couple of goldens mix, mixes and uh, one other just oh, kind of smaller, smaller mix. So, but they've, they've all got their duties and they they stick to them rigidly. Uh, there's there's no better friend than a dog. I yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um. So now, um, Loch Lomond. Your father, Phil Snyder, uh, was really 
seen here very fondly remembered at Loch Lomond Golf Club when he was involved here with Lyle Anderson. And he was seen as Lyle's right-hand man, but, uh, you know, Phil's still to the fore, doing great up in Paradise Valley, you know, uh, up in Arizona. Uh, and, um, you know, but his, his legacy here, yes, everybody knows about Lyle, of course, but Phil, for the staff in particular, were, was a very important person, hugely important person, hugely popular person. And I guess his love of Loch Lomond then sort of transcended to you. Yes, well, that was really nice of you to say about him. He uh, he's he is very very well liked over there, um, and um, yeah, he introduced it to me in 1993. I was over in Europe uh, traveling around, uh, and he had was headed over there. He and Lyle were were thinking about purchasing the the, the club from the Bank of Scotland. Um, yeah, and so he invited me up there to uh, to see it while I was traveling in Europe. And, um, uh, I mean, it, your audience is the members, so I don't need to, to go on, wax on about how, how beautiful a place is, but it was in a very raw state at that point. Um, it wasn't heavily manicured. The, the golf course was, was quite hairy. Um, and the, the Rostu house was, was, uh, kind of pre, pre under construction. It was, it was definitely full of, of puddles and cobwebs. Uh, there was one one office in it that uh, David Buchanan and and Donald McDonald were in, and yeah, uh, well, and then uh, Robin Parr, uh, who was a dear friend, um, was representing the bank, and he met with us and showed us around. And my father had already seen it the year before, but was just so excited about it, he wanted me to see it. So they they took us around, and um, we played a, a round of golf on the on the course, and. And it just, yeah, it, it, his love, his love of it passed on to me, but it was definitely easy, easy to fall in love for, for my part. It's, it's hands down the, the most beautiful golf club I've ever, a golf course I've ever been on, but also the most beautiful golf club, even in that, that raw state. It was just, just magical. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really under quite a lot of disrepair and uh, of course, uh, you know, the golf well, this area is exceptionally wet, um, as a few people know, uh, and uh, you know it was it was a real challenge um, to try and create something, bring something back to life, uh, and of course your love of nature then would have appreciated the fact that things were overgrown, uh, you know, weren't being looked after. It was very tough for the family, the Cahoon family who owned the ground, the land, um, Sir Ivor and now Sir Malcolm. Uh, and, you know, with a, a lot of sort of gentry, uh, if you like, in the UK, that, you know, they inherited, uh, it's part of their family background, and it becomes a beast to try to manage. So um, they were, apps, the Coons were absolutely delighted uh, when Lyle, uh, came in and with the uh, Royal Bank of Scotland uh, and your father heavily involved, brought an, an whole area back to life. Uh, and not only that, but actually um, created a world-renowned golf club. Uh, and, and that's some achievement, isn't it? I mean, your father must be absolutely thrilled. Yeah, you know, Bill, it's interesting. When I first went there, it was such a raw beauty. And even the Rostu house, as, as, as worn down as it was, had just a, a, a timeless beauty to it as well, ageless. And 
I, part of me was afraid um, of what might happen to the club, to the to the mm. golf course, as well as to the to the clubhouse, and just the overall energy and feel once you come in and and uh, you know pump a bunch of money into it and, and glisten it up for members. And um, the finished product was had completely captured and maintained all of that energy that I, that I loved about it. And I think that most people do. And that I think is a testament to, to Lyle and my dad and, uh, you know, the construction workers and, and uh, just everybody who was a part of that was just, uh, it's really an accomplishment to be able to maintain, you go there and you feel like you're, you're going back in time, but you have the luxury around you. And uh, that's, that's a skill. Yeah, it is a skill. And, uh, you know, it's now risen again and uh, under member uh, ownership, which is what Lyle, you know, said that he always wanted. And, uh, uh, you know, it's now sort of flourishing uh, again. And, uh, you know, it's a joy to behold. So it would be absolutely terrific for yourself and, and Hillary to come over and, uh, and see Loch Lomond, Phil. Oh, we appreciate that. We'd love to. And I actually have, have been uh, brought that up over the last several years of, you know, when, when the time's right, I'd love to, to get you over to Scotland and introduce you. I introduce you to it. The, the um, it's, it's, you know, I spent a summer there um, working yeah. in membership. And so I, and I, I lived on the property with, with uh, Jim Crony, who was the, at the time, the youth national fly fishing captain, or prior to that was the youth national fly fishing captain of Scotland. And um, just a, a lovely, a lovely gentleman. And um, but I living on the grounds, we lived in a little cottage, Jim and I. And um, really, um, you, you get an immersion into the club that's that's pretty unique. Um, and so uh, it's it's a place that, as I as I said at the beginning of this, is is very near and dear to my heart and feels feels like home in a certain way. Yeah, and I mean, this is the thing that we're going to get to. So you did actually spend a year working at Loch Lomond Golf Club. Jim Crony, for the news that don't know Jim, was one of these, you know, just tremendous characters. His skill in country pursuits and fishing and whatever, what, you know, he didn't know. Uh, I mean, really, he knew everything. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, had a, a love for the club as well. Of course, uh, you mentioned Donald uh, McDonald and David Buchanan. Uh, David's just retired uh, relatively recently, but Donald's still to the fore. Uh, and, you know, these were characters that uh, embodied the, the sort of essence of the Loch Lomond Golf Club. But you spent a year working here, Philip, and I believe that you caddied, and I, I believe you caddied for a couple of pretty famous people. Yeah, funny. Uh the uh, one of them was um clint eastwood uh came yeah. over to play and um so uh somebody kind over there kind of shoved me to the front of the queue uh the caddy queue to to caddy for him um and we played with colin campbell who was the head of the the golf club at the time uh, the yeah the, the golf course at the time and um so uh there's there's a photo i guess floating around the club. I don't know if it's still there on a wall somewhere, but it shows uh, Colin, myself, Clint, and another uh, and a, another caddy. Uh, yeah, and it looks like we were a foursome. Um, if that is not not the case. I was lugging a big bag of clubs and sweating, but I did get a chance to hit one. Uh, I think we were on hole number ten, and right. uh, and Clint said, "Hey, why don't you why don't you go ahead and take a take a shot." And off the tee, and um, 
you know, I don't have many nerves when I play golf, but when you're hitting, you haven't warmed up, you haven't been to the range and you're and Clint Eastwood asked you to hit a drive off the majestic number 10. Um, there's a little bit of a shake. And I wish I could say I ripped it right down the center of the fairway, um, you know, 300 yards, but I, I'm pretty sure I went so far right. I went in the water and that's quite a slice. Um, Gee. So if nothing else, he was impressed with my ability to slice the ball. Uh, but we, yeah, we had a, we had a great time and, and lo and behold, he's, you know, however many years later, he's at my wedding, uh, which was fun, uh, just given his relationship with, with Hillary. Um, so there's a fun little circular loop there, uh, that happened. And did you bring it up with them at the wedding or I presume you've talked to him before? But no, it, there you was, know. yeah, yeah. We talked about it. Uh, I, I talked to him about it at dinner one time, but um we uh at the wedding it was uh, it was too much too much going on um sure. yeah we've, we've discussed it and uh yeah it's uh one of his favorite places as well yeah you know and and you know Kent Eastwood my god <laughs> you know one of the um actors and and guys of of all time did you feel how did you feel stepping out you know, caddying for him, were you, I, you, I understand, you know, hitting the golf shot. And by the way, that's a hell of a slice, Philip, I can tell no, you. No, I know. Uh, yeah, it's impressive. You know, <laughs> um, you know, did you, you, did you feel, were you overawed or were you exhilarated about carrying his clubs? Um, good question. Um, to be honest, in no disrespect, disrespect to Clint Eastwood, who I love and I think is great. Uh, the club itself is so majestic. It kind of was like there's another tower in the room. So it made it a little easier that he was, you know, just this golfer playing in this this timeless, majestic place. Um, and so it was it was pretty easy. And he was, you know, purely focused on his game and, and the beauty around us. So uh, it, there wasn't there wasn't any it wasn't until he asked me to take a swing that the nerves came up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, something else uh, for sure. But the second, um, I believe, uh, famous person, if you like, uh, that you carried for was Bill Clinton. No, I didn't. Ah, Bill Clinton. No, that's IMDb must be leading you astray again. No, no, I, that one was your your dad, I think. Um, no, well, then my dad and IMDb are in cahoots. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there was there was there was no. Um, no Bill Clinton uh, caddy going on. Oh, okay. And did did you have? Um, I mean, were you a caddy, fellow? I mean, were were you no, caddying I actually, on? A I had an interesting job when I went over there. Uh, the caddy, I became a caddy the day that Clint Eastwood was there, just for the day, because I thought, well, this is a right. fun opportunity, and somebody, somebody, as I said, was nice enough to promote me. Um, but uh, I was over there uh, to kind of launch off the membership program the original one uh, with Donald McDonald. And it was, we had such a great time. Um, although, um, you know, it was, I was in college and it was my first, uh, I guess, corporate job. I'd done kind of smaller jobs before that, but it was my first corporate job in college. And so I really wanted to impress everybody. And, um, and so uh, they, my first job was to call around uh, to uh, Scottish corporations that had expressed an interest in membership. And right. um, which was which was great. And I get to I got to talk about the club, which I was just learning about. So uh, I had a couple of things working against me. I didn't know a lot about the club. So as long as their questions were fairly surface, I was the guy. Um, 
however, the second issue was uh, when I first moved over there, I had trouble with uh, the Scottish accent. And so right. I would call these corporations and as a, as a, a, as a salesman and also answering questions. And I had no idea what these people were saying. Um, so, and here I am trying to impress everybody on my, my first day. Um, so I quickly got repositioned from uh, a guy who was hanging up the phone, having no clue what he just talked about to um, more member, member reception and, and um, working on more uh, back office membership stuff. Uh, and the member reception stuff was, was, was wonderful. It was Donald and I greeting, greeting members and, 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 and making sure they were happy and um, getting them around the course. And, you know, at the time it was so rough there and, and Rostu House was, was a glimmer of what it is now um, that there was, you know, people pay the money from, from far away and then show up once for the whole year for two rounds of golf. And you really want them to have a sensational experience, but they're, they're coming into a construction zone. So, um, mm -hmm. You know, we would walk out with a silver platter with a Mars bar and a Coke on it uh, and welcome to Loch Lomond. And um, uh, but the unique and remarkable thing is, is people loved it. They loved the the club and they loved how, you know, kind of rough it was at the beginning. And they felt like they were at the, it, 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 part of something that was really going to become special and they could be a part of growing it. So it was a job that Donald and I loved immensely is, is watching everybody and how, how happy they were on their arrival and after they played golf. So that was that was primarily my job um, while I was there was working in the membership program and working with the members. Um, well, it, it obviously uh, stayed in the memory of some members because I remember, you know, we, we do a survey, we choose about 100, 150 members a year. There's there's 600 in total you know, you don't want to get a survey every year, but it just gives us a sort of a, a an asset test of, of how the club's doing. And somebody actually wrote, and that, this is on a relatively recent survey, uh, I do miss the days that Donald McDonald used to come out with a silver tray. <laughs> with oh, the silver tray and the drinks. Honestly, yeah. Phil, they, they, they seriously put that down. And, and I know there was a slight wind up for Donald, but because uh, we still do the silver tray, it's just not Donald McDonald doing it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I laughed and I said, my God, you must have made a great impression. So uh, you've just uh, backed that one up, Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was how it was. We were we were roughing it, but um, really, really, really enjoying it. Yeah. And it was uh, David Buchanan and Joanne Kerr was working with us and uh, Paul yeah. Delonso and uh a lot, of, a lot of really, Colin Campbell, a lot of really great, great people working in. And it was a small, felt felt really, really intimate and, and wonderful. Um, so now with your, did that spark for you, Philip, a love of golf as a, as a game? Well, what it did is, you know, uh, it, what it did is it, it created a, a, a deeper or a different love of golf because um, I'd go play sometimes after after work at, at 6 or 7 p.m. I'd go out for 9 or even 18 holes in summer when it was light out late. Um, and it is one of those things where even if you're playing terrible terribly, you have the... Uh, you have the beautiful scenery around you. So it just built my appreciation for being in the moment with golf and just enjoying the people you're with and the, the nature around you, because it's impossible not to do that at Loch Lomond. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's for sure. And if you're watching any of the golf on TV, uh, is there a, is there a particular golfer, professional golfer that, um, you know, that, that you're drawn towards that you're rooting for that, uh, you know, you support, 
No, I'm not. I'm I'm actually not a. Um, I've we've we've kind of stopped watching TV in our in our in our <laughs> household. So we're we're I'm not following any of the. Uh, we're usually avid tennis tennis fans and and golf yeah. fans in our household, but we've just really kind of dialed everything back in the last couple of years and focused on this. So. Yeah, yeah, and and the tennis, you know, definitely shines through, and your dad mentioned the tennis as well. So, you know, tell me a bit about uh, your love of, of tennis, uh, you and Hillary. Well, Hillary, Hillary always goes to the to the opens, and and um, um, and so she's been taking me to a few of them, and so we've um, prior to prior to children, so we've uh, we've just really enjoyed, uh, you know heading to Wimbledon or US Open and just and 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 watching watching the players really having a good time with it. Yeah, yeah, I know I've been to Wimbledon uh and uh you know it is a it is an, an incredible I mean everybody should try and get there. Uh you know it's an incredible it's an incredible place. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking of you know with um uh I guess with movie and movie stars we've sort of touched upon that slightly um you know i remember meeting samuel l jackson uh in ireland and you know it was reported that that he had written in his contract uh you know if he's making a movie or whatever that golf was included uh you know uh, and that now I, I have no idea i didn't ask him um uh it was a desperately cool day uh, but he was he was sort of doing a, a thing for charity, and uh, he was very very hospitable. Um, but have you? Um, I mean, have you played golf, or or do you know of anything like that? That uh, would that be true? Do you think that Samuel would have put in this contract? Like, I've got to play golf at the nearest golf course when I'm shooting Pulp Fiction. No, I mean that that's fairly remarkable. There's a lot of lot of rumors. I mean, there's been rumors about Hillary and contracts and other actors in their contracts so it's 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 not something i've heard of however um yep i wouldn't be surprised given some people's passion for the sport which very well may be samuel jackson's that he would ask his attorney to try to bake that into the contract of it, it it'd be more like i need to you know get fridays off so i can go play golf uh yeah so it very very well could could be true i wouldn't i wouldn't wouldn't be totally surprised if that was if that was the case well there's a little story attached to that actually which uh it was pretty frantic but the idea was that samuel would play three holes with um you know these these people that had paid for their privilege and um this is a story that i'm sure i've told but anyway uh and uh Anyway, so what happened was, let's just say a, a local celebrity um, uh, from Ireland, um, who, who is actually a very good lad, um, appeared. Uh, just you know, it, it was it was a bit uh, strange the timing, but uh, you know, Samuel was there with the entourage and and who he was going to play golf with. So uh, that's fine. Uh, and uh, the, the sort of Irish celebrity, who's um, pretty well known, uh, turned up, and uh, that's okay, good. And he was playing golf with his manager. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the idea. So we had Samuel L. Jackson playing with the people that have paid to play with Samuel L. Jackson mm -hmm. and for the charity. And then we have the uh, Irish celebrity and his manager. 
So fine. Um, next thing, uh, the one of the organizers and the two organizers of this that golf was an, an anathema that just wasn't for them. So they relied heavily on us. Uh, and um, I, I kind of looked out the window at the same time as I looked out the window. Um, they came through into the office and said, this is this is a disaster. <laughs> this is a disaster. And I looked out the, the, the office window and saw Samuel L. Jackson walking down the ninth with, yep, the Irish celebrity and his manager. Um, and I don't know how they pulled that off. <laughs> so then, okay. So and, and there was a, there, there was a photograph in the in the front of, of course the what whatever uh, Irish Times or something. Uh, and you know Samuel Jackson had been uh, effective, effectively somehow they talked him into. So then the people behind hadn't played with Samuel L. Jackson. So of course it's eighteen holes. So yeah. he's played nine. He's played nine with two people uh, and his, his friend as well. Uh, so I had to say, I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. You, you have to, you know, three holes. So he, he puffed a cigar and he looked at me. This is February in Ireland. Uh -huh. This is not warm. And he said, "That's fine." And he played. 26 holes of golf. Oh, wow. Honestly, Philip, he played 26. Wow, that is some dedication. Yeah, it is dedication. Oh, uh, and, um, you know, I, I'm not sure, I wouldn't say he's dancing with delight, or, <laughs> but he did it. Um, and uh, and he was on the Late Late Show, which is Ireland's big uh, sort of Saturday night, mm -hmm. Jimmy Fallon type thing. Uh, and... Um, you know, he did mention that he he played a significant number of holes. Yeah, he 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 did. So that sort of came into my mind. It's yeah. a sort of a time. You know, I don't particularly want to remember that story, but uh, it yeah, sort of jumped yeah. at me when we started talking about him. So, but these are the beautiful things about the game of golf, isn't it, Philip? So, uh, um, I, I guess that. Uh, Really, the as you know, with your your father and and Paradise Valley, which I have met your father up there, uh, and Lyle uh, as as well um, in in Scottsdale, uh, and, and had a bit of lunch, and it was all terrific. But uh, you know, this is the thing, the beauty that I love about uh, golf clubs. Uh, there's an outdoor swimming pool in Paradise Valley, um, and uh, I'm trying to think of the very famous swimmer. Uh, American swimmer that um, apparently, according to your father, swims every day in that pool. Michael Phelps. Michael, Michael Phelps, Phelps. Yeah, yeah, Michael Phelps. That's it. And he swims every day in the outdoor pool at Paradise Valley, uh, and all these little. And they've got quite a cool tennis set up there, uh, actually, as well. So, if it was um, your ambition, Philip, to join, rejoin a golf club, would Loch Lomond be top of your list? Oh, without, without a doubt. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, I, we don't, don't have to, the bandwidth to frequent, you know, a golf club every day. And, um, you know, when we do, we want it to be really special and unique. So, um, that, and to be able to travel over there and just have a, a, a you know, an incredible experience and, and, um, 
you know, it, yeah, hands down, it would be it would be Loch Lomond for sure. Well, Philip, you know that you and Hillary are always welcome, and I know you'll be over. Uh, and hopefully, your father Lyle's coming in September, uh, and uh, and Phil, I hope, uh, will be over as well relatively soon. But yeah, he uh, actually Phil wanted me to to mention uh, first to yeah. say hello to you, but also that he that he hopes to see you over there soon. So uh, who knows? Yeah. Maybe uh, he'll will will he'll he'll join us, or we'll join him, and we'll all head over together. We'd love it. Yeah, we'll get a few glasses of wine, Philip, and yeah, relax and, and chew the fat. Philip, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know your time is very premium, uh, and uh, particularly because of the twins, but thank you so much for coming on View from the Lock. Uh, the members will really appreciate you giving up your time. And regards to Hillary, and of course, again, congratulations. Thank you, Bill. Really, really appreciate your time with this. Cheers, Philip. Thank you.